This is the Box Gathering Podcast. We take a deeper look into how learning affects boxing development and how our understanding of this as coaches can make a greater impact on performance. Catch up with us at www.theboxgathering.co.uk. The Box Gathering. Connect, share, grow. Good morning, everyone. It is Thursday, the 27th of May. Our time is 1 minute to 8 a.m. Um, and just on the way to work at the Dice Boxing Academy today. And um, yeah, I'm stuck behind a massive truck, so I thought I'd have a little bit of a chat. Now, I was speaking to uh, Ivan Cobb the other day um, about a subject that um, everybody says, everyone plasters all over social media, uh, and I'm sure in some ways that we have it probably on a poster somewhere on our gyms. Um, and also a, a company called Box Raw, who are a fantastic boxing brand. I've got a few of their uh, garments, shall we say. Um, they use this slogan as well. It's, uh, we don't play boxing. So we're having a good chat about that. We don't play boxing. Now, I understand why that is quite a powerful thing to say, because essentially, you know, it's the toughest sport in the world. It's, it's, it's people get hurt in this sport, you know, and let's be honest, let's just call it like it is. There are fatalities in this sport. You know, there have been a few in recent years, um, People get some serious chronic injuries, uh, whether it be um, elbow injuries, whether it be neurological injuries, whether it be facial injuries. You know, there's there's plenty of hand injuries. This this sport is serious, and people do get hurt. People do sustain injuries long term and short term. You know, and there, and there there are things that that carry on for people in later life. So we don't want to be one of those people who say no. Boxing changed the world for everyone. It can also have negative effects. So let's let's be very very um open about that so the phrase the phrase that we don't play boxing from that respect from a safety point of view certainly don't so there is elements of having to look after the boxer having to make sure that every element of what you can take care of every controllable is controlled so what i mean by that is is your nutrition right are you living the life are you eating the right food so are you fueling right um, have you got the right foods after weighing? Um, are you fueling before uh, or after the scales? Are you then recovering properly and using the right uh, um, the right amounts of food, the right calorie intake, etc., etc.? Uh, then, of course, we have things like um, you know, are we sleeping well? So, are we recovering? Are we making sure we're going to bed at a good time? So, all those the hard work that we have put in, we are harnessing, and the body has enough time to recover. So, are we periodizing our training properly? where uh, the boxers are physically scheduling in recovery periods, especially after very, very hard sessions. And it's not just constantly about this word, the grind. You know, if, if I want to get better, I need to recover. So it's not about think, you know, being um, you know, pedal, to the, uh, pedal to the metal 100% of the times. Let's actually harness and be smart what we do. So there's that element as well, looking after us. So, so going back to the we don't play boxing, element if you are not prepared you get hurt right if you're not prepared at worst you're going to lose but often losing this sport can often mean you're getting hurt as well so we need to be prepared okay so but here's the other side of the story that me and ivan were talking about and i I want you guys just to sort of consider a few things here okay so there's a guy called rosenshine who came up with principles of instruction and the ninth principle of instruction is about independent 
play or, or working by yourself, independent learning. Um, and basically says that for people to understand, make sense, um, and part of that skill acquisition um, transition or phases is actually about playing within that environment. So the information that uh, a boxer will have is about going away and using that on the equipment, using that on the partner, and making sense of actually what's going on. So what they're trying to do is further actually contextualize the learning into more of a, an area they understand, they know a bit more about how, when, where to use that information. And you can only really do that in this scenario through play. So we go back to the whole, we don't play boxing. But can we not? Can we not play? If we So if we decide, if we actually define what play is. So play is really a kind of unconstrained set of exercises. So when you're a kid, you go out, you might make your own rules up. Um, you might play a game which you don't really have that many rules to. But skill starts to happen. Kids get better at running. They get better at moving. They get better at dodging and all these agility type things. If you think about a child when they're growing up, you don't teach a child how to walk. It's actually the environment around them that kind of makes them walk. So they know that they need to get up if they want to reach something on the table. If they want to go and run to their mother or their father or brother or sister, they have to push up with their legs and move laterally to be able to actually go and embrace them, cuddle them or go and grab a toy. It's actually the environment around them that kind of um, gives them the opportunity or affordances to actually act and think, right, I need to actually start moving. So they start moving, they start developing these motor skills. And I think boxing can be done in the same way. So what I mean by that is, now before people start saying, well, that could be very unsafe, and it can be very unsafe if not done in, in the right way. So there might be, need to be some very, um, there might need to be one or two rules or constraints or conditions, whatever you might say. But actually going and playing, like Rosenshine's ninth principle about this independent activity, when you might have a spa, you can take a lot of the rules down. One of the rules could be that, okay, it's completely powered down. We're literally not even touching it. It's just tap, tap, tap. But the boxer then has their own idea in their mind or their own kind of like critical thought process. They've got a critical outcome they're kind of work towards. I want to work on my trunk defense today. I want to work on my lateral move and I want to work on my backhand, whatever it might be. <clears throat> and they can go away and play, on, play with that. So just touch, touch, touch. And that can be covert, but the other boxer doesn't know too much about it. Or it could be very overt where the other boxer does know about it and supporting them with that movement. So there's constant kind of stop and start feeding back as to what they're doing. Now, do we need to constrain it to a certain amount of round times? We could do, but generally play doesn't often get constrained by time. If it's like, okay, well, I'm, we're going to do two minutes or three minutes. But what happens if at two minutes and 55 seconds, we seem to have, oh, we're getting a bit of an idea now. That starts to feel good. I'm starting to find my balance. And then we have to stop. So that time constraint really does kind of thwart that progression there, that learning. So when we're talking about play, why can't we just do it for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, or not have any kind of limit on there until the actual boxer says, all right, I think I'm done now. Stop, start, talk to the other boxer, get information from the coach. Ideally, it's about them tuning into the information that when they're actually playing with that little spar, a little move around, they're attuning to that information 
and they're getting feedback all the time from the environment, from how the other person moves, where they are in the ring, <clears throat> perhaps that kind of kinesthetic feel from the movement they're trying to do. They're trying to make sense all the time, using all these different senses, <clears throat> all the different factors that are happening, you know, the shape of the ring, what the other person's doing, um, any other constraints the coach might put on, feedback coming from the side. So there's lots of things to kind of tune into there, but the boxer really gets to tune into themselves. Now, I don't want this at all to sound fluffy, pink and fluffy, and it's all a bit, you know, there's some kind of utopian in a perfect world we can do this. But why can't we? Why can't, why do we have to have text bars where we are always completely and utterly saying boxer one does this and boxer two does this? And we're taking out any variability or any opportunity for the boxer to start tuning into the information that they want to tune into. They're only tuning into the information that they are are basically told to which might not be pertinent to them and it takes away that element of play it takes away that element of autonomy where if they want to actually be motivated you have to have autonomy you have to eventually develop mastery um, you have to have a, a focus of where you're going so a, a kind of an outcome goal so I think when we over prescribe there are, there is a place for it for certain people don't get me wrong but I'm just wondering if we can add a little bit more play in now I was sent a really fantastic article that I was reading and, um, and, and a video by John Kessel from USA Volleyball. He was kindly enough to send me some stuff up the other day when I sent him an email. Um, and one of the guys said in the video, which I thought was absolutely fascinating, when you take out variability and when you start doing block practice, which is kind of a repetition, repetition without really thinking, you're just doing the reps without any variability... What actually happens in the brain is a protein is emitted, if that is the word, a protein is released, which stops something called synaptogenesis. So all the neurons in the brain, they kind of link via synapses. So they're kind of like a, so how would you put it? That might be uh, a plug plugging into another plug and they start joining. When you learn physically, all this starts developing. The proteins that actually start building all this together start forming. But there's also a protein which can inhibit synaptogenesis. And this really, really hit me hard. So actually, when we go into that kind of autopilot of repetition, mindless repetition, like hitting a bag over and over again, and we're not moving our feet, um, and we're just doing this block practice, the protein comes out, and we don't physically start producing new links through synapses to different neurons in the brain now that's pretty scary so if we look at it like we are doing a, a weight session and we're going in the gym and we're, we're lifting really heavy weights we're doing a strength phase of our strength and conditioning but somehow a chemical got released which wouldn't allow the breakdown of those muscles so therefore, they're not breaking down when we recover, sleep, etc., and have the protein synthesis. It doesn't recover the muscles. Now, that's really scary. So that's the same in some ways for the brain. If we don't have enough variability in those spars or opportunities to play, make sense of, contextualize what's learning, really take it on and make it our own, if we don't have that opportunity, like that ninth principle from Rosenshine, then actually we don't have the opportunity to physically change our brain. That's the reps that we're getting in. So we're not getting those kind of decision reps in. If we're not getting those decision reps in, then perhaps, and I'm not massively okay with this, it's something I've just really learned, perhaps we're not getting the ability to actually change like a muscle would 
and get the reps in for our brain for it to start changing. So learning isn't really happening when we overblock something, when there's not enough stimulus in the environment, not enough stimulus in the spa, or we're not allowed to go away because we've overconstrained or overconditioned something where they're just focused on something that they've got it, they're repeating it, and there's no stretch anymore. So there's over support from the coach or over prescriptive from the coach and there's not enough stretch. So I think when we look at the, the brain a bit more like a muscle, then perhaps the boxers can understand that as well. You need to be cognitively slightly overloaded for the right person at the right time. And play, I think, is a really, really good way of doing that. Go out there, play, play around with ideas. Now you could say, oh, it's semantics. Well, yeah, I suppose it is. If we define play as just the ability just to act without too many rules, interacting with the environment, interacting with our sparring partner, interacting with uh, maybe a condition that we have and just trying to make sense of it. Can you articulate at the end of the round what was going on in that round? If you can, then perhaps um, there's a bit of a thought process going on. There's a bit of cognitive overload. If we can't and we're not really thinking about it um, and we're over-constrained and we're overthinking about certain things, then perhaps there's not that... Um, that change in the brain now a good a good coach when they constrain or they condition something will mean that the, the boxer is attuning their brain towards information that they need to and that's absolutely right so the constraints race to learning ecological dynamics and all that that's absolutely right and that's something I, I think needs to happen a bit more in boxing I'm a big advocate of but we also do need to think we need time for the boxer to go away and make sense of this. Now, I remember years and years ago speaking to Kevin Smith, um, who was a dice coach at the time as well, who's obviously now the Australian head coach. Um, and I said to him, oh, I make sure I coach, 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 coach. He said, no, you need time to let them go away and actually make sense of it. They've got to go and try it themselves. And when he said that to me, I thought I didn't actually agree at the time. Very inexperienced coach. This must have been like 2011, something like that. So that was over 10 years ago. And I didn't kind of agree at the time. But the more I thought about it, and of course the, the, the success that he's had with a lot of his boxers, the more I thought that does make sense. Um, and the you know these principles that we talk about, Rosenshine's ninth principle, for example, completely and utterly backs this up. They have to go away and make sense of it. So that is play. That's an element of play. You can dial up the play and... and not dial up, I wouldn't say that. You can intervene slightly... If it's just too mindless, too laissez-faire, too almost pointless. But there has to be an element of them thinking, right, I, I want to play with this. I want to play with this toy. I want to play with this technical or tactical or physical or mental idea and see how it goes. And then I think it's about seeking feedback from that. Seeking feedback immediately from what you see, feel and hear in the environment. Seeking feedback from your uh, opponent, from your coach. And then revisiting that quite often spacing the learning out revisiting that sort of play go and play with this again and then you recall that information then start assigning it to long-term memory again so you know spacing is a really important part there of play i believe but under constrained it turns it goes it's utterly chaotic and probably a little bit mental over constrained they lose that opportunity to actually uh, have the confidence to play um to play with these things but i think it's your it's the attitude should we be actually training for performance, performance, performance all the time where actually when we spar, I have to land more than you. I have to, if it was about, I have to have won that spar. No, absolutely not. Because then what we're saying is 
I don't want you to make mistakes. And if, if we don't want them making mistakes, then why would they ever take chances? So it's a very, as they call it, a psychologically unsafe environment where they can't actually go and explore. So play allows exploration. It allows making sense. And it, it sets a psychologically safe environment where people can go, right, I will try this. And if I get caught, I get caught. But I've tried it and I'm going to make sense of it. And eventually it may work and it makes me a better boxer. So rather than just being able to play with a screwdriver and a wrench, they can play with the whole box that they're given and they understand when and where to use that. So that's where play for me, I think, comes into it. We don't do it enough. I certainly don't do it enough. Um, and it's something I'm really going to apply and be very intentional about uh, in future for my club uh, and for Dice. Now, let me know what your thoughts are. Reason being, I know I can hear the people here saying you don't play boxing, but this is me trying to explain why you can play boxing, why there are elements that need to be explored and why we need to create an environment where you can make a mistake. It's fine to make a mistake because if they can't make a mistake now, they will make mistakes in competition when it actually, when people are full on and trying to hurt each other. So let's do it in a safe environment where they can play with things, get better, acquire that skill, make sense of the skill uh, and go away and be ultimately a better boxer in, in, a, in an environment that they want to learn. So there we go. Ranford today. What time is it now? 8.22. Uh, just coming to Woodendine in Brighton. Uh, by the way, hard luck to any United fans yesterday um, losing the penalty shootout. I really do feel for it, actually. I'm a, I'm a Cambridge fan. But, uh, you know, we've had a great season. We've gone up. But really feel for all the United fans. You know, what, what else could you do? You know, maybe you won it in normal time, which probably you should have. But uh, really, really feel for you. Anyway, that's on a massive aside. So have a great week, guys. It's, uh, it's Thursday, like I say. Have a great weekend. And speak to you all soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. If you liked this podcast, similar content and discussions can be found at The Box Gathering. The Box Gathering is a social initiative born out of the ashes of the first lockdown in March 2020. We provide a platform where coaches, boxers, officials and boxing enthusiasts can join together online to discuss various boxing topics. It's free to join and upgrade options offer unlimited access to all our live gatherings, campfire videos and coaching resources. Join today at www.theboxgathering.co.uk.